Hello, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Friday, February 2nd, 2018, and this is The Ride. Hey, my friends. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it happens to be. I hope you're having a good one. Today I was listening to Proverbs on my Bible Gateway app, listening to the velvety voice of Max McLean. It might be Max McLean, but I think it's Max McLean. Anyway, recently I had talked to my kids about how I wanted them to read a Proverbs a day, a chapter of Proverbs a day. And many of you probably know the drill. Since there's 31 Proverbs, you pick the day you're on and then you read that particular chapter. And you just do that all the time. It's good to be reminded of wisdom. I want to have wisdom in my life. Well, here's a little bit of wisdom for you. I realized that I had asked them to do that but I recently hadn't been. And I think that uh, I have the right to require certain things of my kids. But I wanted to go one step further and I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe it was, maybe it's just for me, but I wanted to have more honor in what I asked them to do. So to do that, I decided I would do what I've asked them to do. And it's been good. And there was, uh, I think it might have been Proverbs 2. There's one of them, one of the early ones, where the Lord is speaking through Solomon or whoever is writing that proverb. The Lord is speaking as though he's speaking to a son. You know, how, how they tend to go, My son, be sure to avoid the snare of the adulterous woman, that kind of thing. And I'm listening to the scripture and and it'd say, my son, blah, 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 my son, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, you know, this is so good that my son, Seth, is hearing this and seeing it and reading it. And, you know, that's awesome, Lord. You're speaking right to my son. And I'm so glad that he's getting a fresh word from you today. And it would go on, my son, do this and that. My son, do this and that. I'm thinking, yeah, right on, God. Tell Seth. Tell my son what to do. And then they said, my sons. And then I'm, I'm like, ooh. He's talking to Seth and he's talking to me. And I got a little blast of humbleness. I kind of said, yes, Lord, I'm listening to. I had never noticed that before. Of course, Proverbs is for sons and daughters. My daughter knows that good and well. As I was driving this morning, before I put Proverbs on, I was kind of thinking about what would be something I would want to say to my kids when they are starting to have kids of their own. And I was reminded of Proverbs and and how, you know, I could come up with all sorts of wisdom and experiential wisdom that I could tell them and all of it would be good but I was thinking that Proverbs has this timeless 
wisdom. It doesn't matter what generation you're in. It's valid. And that got me listening. So I was having this... I was thinking about this little conversation I'd have with my kids later on. And one of the things I was going to remind them as they begin to have children is... Remember... Remember that time back in those teenage years when we went through whatever we went through? Well, just be prepared that that could happen with your kids. Now, I'm not speaking bad evil into the situation. I'm just saying be prepared. As as your kids begin to mature and get into more independent thinking and independent ways, there will be a conflict there and you just need to be prepared. Now, if you're prepared well and operating in love, it'll be a transition that you'll be able to get through without too much blood, sweat, and tears. But if you don't rely on the Lord, it might be difficult. So rely on the Lord. I think the Bible even says it in Proverbs. The first thing to do when you're seeking wisdom is to seek wisdom. So let's do that. So it's been a while since I've talked to you about the ride book I'm putting together. It's called The Paper Trail. And that was a project that kind of kicked off when I was not working. And I've kind of, because now that I'm working, I've kind of, I haven't, I was going to say, I haven't avoided it. I just, I really haven't had the time to sit down. Actually, you know what? Scratch that. I certainly have had the time to do it. I have. But I haven't made a point to devote time to doing that. I've been doing other things. So this morning I had a real sense that this is something that I should finish. I don't want to have it started and then have it languish in a corner somewhere. I want to have it started, processed, and completed. And ultimately, the point of the thing is to share it to get it into your lap. That's the goal. It's not to make money, if you were wondering. But hey, if it becomes a New York Times bestseller, I've got no problem if they want to, you know, give me money so we can take care of the college things. You know, whatever. No problem whatsoever. But as I was putting my shoes on to go out the door this morning, I realized... I was contemplating finishing that book. And I was thinking about what hindrances do I have that are keeping me from doing what I know, I know, is uh, God's will for me to complete that particular project. And, you know, ask yourself what kind of, what kind of hindrances might be in your life from keeping you from doing the things that maybe you know God wants you to do. The other day, I did a podcast. It's called The Packet. If you've not heard it, you'll want to hear it. And those you know who don't know the Lord, you might want to introduce 
that particular podcast to them. Why? Because I talk about, among a lot of other things, I talk about the concept of spring cleaning, spiritual spring cleaning. And as I sat there this morning putting my shoes on, I realized that what had been hindering me was too much going on in my natural world that was kind of crowding out what's more important. And that's my spiritual life. And part of that would be this time devoted to this project. It's not merely writing a book. It's a very spiritual thing. Although it's day-to-day stuff. But who says that spiritual things can't be day-to-day things? You know? I mean, we ought to be operating in spiritual things day-to-day. And we ought to be doing things that totally blow the minds of people we're around. Our co-workers, those we go to school with, whoever, our family members. We can do things that kind of align with the, the wisdom that's in the book of Proverbs, for example. We can do things that are in there. And many of them will blow the minds of the people around you. You're like, first of all, I didn't think you had it in you. I didn't think that you could blow my mind in such a way by doing the right thing when everyone else would have done, you know, the normal thing. Let's have the right thing be the normal thing in your life. How about that? What am I talking about? Preferring others is a great example. The other day, this might seem really inconsequential, but I think it did something really powerful. I was in a meeting, and there was donuts left over from the meeting before. There were not a lot of donuts left, but the new meeting that I was coming in with had a lot of people. And so those donuts were free for whoever wanted any. Well, I wanted one. And I had one in my hand. But all these people were coming in, and they were interested in those donuts, too. And they were going fast. So I decided, hey, do you... Now, I didn't go, like, extreme. I didn't go extreme. I didn't say to somebody, hey, would you like this donut that I'm holding in my hand? It's all yours. No, I didn't do that, but I think I did maybe one better. Maybe. I said, hey... I said to uh, one of my friends, hey, you um, you interested in a donut? And I, I noticed uh, he had looked at the box that was only had a few left, and he said, yeah, yeah, it was. I said, well, how about you take half of this one? And he said, nah, no, that's okay. And I said, no, for real. You want a donut, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, here's half. Felt really good to do that. I don't know if anyone saw that, but if they had, it would have probably appeared weird. I mean, who does that? But I felt like that was the thing to do. And believe it or not, in this business meeting, as we were sitting down, I noticed, I mean, I guess I did notice a few people had noticed what we had done. And I had a chance to do a mini preach in the sense that, you know, I mentioned, hey, we, I just did the Solomon thing. I was describing how in 
my house when the kids were younger, I'd, if there was something that had to be broken into two, one child would do the cutting and then the other child got to pick. That way you kept things on the up and up. And uh, I don't know, it just, I don't know, being radically different in a good way opens doors. You can speak into things. And sometimes you even use words. So we're talking about spiritual spring cleaning, the getting wisdom into your life and operating that wisdom. And part of it was, let's get our spiritual houses in order. And I'm on the, I'm just kind of shooting from the hip right now, thinking about what that means for me. Part of it is removing idle talk. I think I ran across one of those statements in Proverbs today. Idle talk. And that goes even further into idle thoughts. You know, am I spending time, valuable time, time is valuable. Am I spending it in idle pursuits? Things that really don't get me anywhere. It's like my wheels are spinning. I'm going nowhere, but I'm expending this time energy. Now, I'm a fan of downtime after work, so I'm not saying relaxation and things like that are idle. In fact, if anything, they might recharge your spiritual batteries. Last night, I watched a few shows with my wife together, which was awesome, and we had a nice cup of tea together, just being in each other's company. That's refreshing to me, and that's needed. But I picture this idleness as kind of like, you know, the old guy down the block who's leaned over and hunched, and and he's just... I'm picking on this gentleman, okay, so don't be offended, but he's just a not a real person. He's just a fake person in my story. And and what he does all day, he he's past the time of career, and he's retired, and he's kind of puttering all day long. He's puttering. And I see myself acting that way spiritually sometimes. I'm not... I'm not I'm not very productive. I'm simply just kind of puttering. And there's cobwebs and there's dust and debris in my life. And I'm just kind of puttering through it, trying to avoid stuff. Don't really want to clean it so much. Um, you know, probably tomorrow I'll tackle that. No, maybe, maybe not because yesterday I said that and I don't want to do it today. So... Maybe next week, maybe next week I'll, I'll do it. And all oh, the time is now. The time is now. Resolutions at the beginning of the year, they're silly. I've, I've said this before. Man, make your trigger point for your resolution to be now. Not a date on the calendar. Today's the day. Today is the day for change. So how do you clear away those spiritual cobwebs and debris and and dust and well the dust speaks to inactivity things aren't moving enough so they're gathering dust well how do you exercise your spiritual space how do you exercise and cause it so that dust doesn't settle well it's always moving it's always active you're letting the spirit of the Lord active control of your life 
What does that look like? Well, one thing I'm thinking of right now is, you know, how do you get the Spirit of God to move in your life? We need to activate it. How do you activate it? Well, by faith, for one, believe that He is who He says He is, and by faith, do the things that the Word of God is saying to do, the obedience things, the things that should be done every day. Just just do them. Don't wait till January 1st. Do them today. And as you let the Word of God into your life and through your life, because you're activating it, the Spirit of God, who is written in the pages of the Word, the rhema Word, He's flowing through you. You realize this. And that, that washing, the Spirit is washing through you. And the dusts can't settle. There's always movement. There's a flow there. You want that flow. Cobweb speaks to areas in your spiritual life where you don't go. I, I, don't, I don't go there. I don't go there. That corner? No, I don't go there. That's where you don't go. And maybe you ought to go there. You've got to go and keep clean those cobwebs. What might that look like? Well, I don't go there because that's where there's a deep hurt and somebody really offended me and hurt me there. And I'm just not going there. You know, most psychologists would tell you, you know, you're going to need to go there for healing. And they would probably have a, a better way than I would to, to lead you there and, and, you know, deal with the issue at hand. And, but can I tell you that the Lord is also our counselor. And you can trust him if you want to go into that corner and clean. The Word of God has plenty to say about how we're to forgive, how we're to not let an offense keep us from living a holy and joy-filled life. Those cobwebs got to go. And we're essentially saying that, God, you have full control over our life. Therefore, we trust you in all areas, even the area in that corner where the cobwebs are. I trust you. So I'm thinking that if there is an issue like that in your life right now, it might be fully on your mind now that I've mentioned this. And you know, you know, whether you need help in dealing with that. Because let me tell you, you need to deal with it. Okay, that's one thing. You can maybe trust me in that part. You need to deal with it. And if for some reason it's too painful and, and you've had a hard time dealing with that, um, there's no shame in getting help and professional help and all that. It would be good to deal with it. Get those cobwebs cleaned up. What else is in there? Debris. Debris. Hmm, what might that be? I think maybe debris are those things that you may have brought in to the space and it maybe doesn't belong there. It's debris, so it's definitely, it doesn't belong there. When I pictured this, I, these three things, the dust, the cobwebs, and the, de- the debris, I pictured pieces of broken things. And they, they may have been not broken when they were brought into the space, but they've been broken. They don't belong there. It's like, a, it's like an attic that 
the the humidity and the environment's just not suitable for the thing that you put up there and then over time it breaks oh man that's preaching you know there are things that you bring into your life that don't belong there and they looked real pretty at the start but this life that you have this life that God wants for you isn't set up it's not the right environment for that thing whatever it is and it tends to break over time and it becomes debris and the thing that you're always walking around you're tripping over it man thank you Lord this is really good you're tripping over it it's in your way it can seem like a really simple thing you know a certain attitude that you have that you feel you deserve to have this attitude when the Lord says you know that's an attitude you need to let go You need to renew your mind because that attitude is really rooted in the old man. And you are a new creation. And old things are to be passed away. And behold, these new life issues are supposed to be flowing out of you. And yet you've got this debris that you're tripping over. It could be unforgiveness. It could be an addiction. It could be in a pattern of misbehavior, whatever it is. It could even be just an indifference to the Spirit of God. That's pretty much the old man in a nutshell. Indifference. You know, our enemy knows if you can just be indifferent to the ways of the Spirit, you will continue to have a dusty, cobwebby, debris-filled life. And you'll putter through it to the day that you enter eternity. This is a day for spiritual house cleaning. We need to get our spiritual house in order. And don't you know, it's not some weird, ooh, it's spiritual. No, this is the real life stuff. But you need to get your spiritual life in a good place or else your natural life won't be operating on all cylinders. When I think about the book that I'm supposed to write, it's about spiritual things. I've said it embodies some spiritual things, but in reality, it's just writing a book, right? You're, you know, using a word processor and and you're doing things. It's a natural thing. But my spiritual life and and how cleaned up it is and how aligned with God it is really affects all aspects of my life, including writing a book about spiritual things. It's all about being deliberate. I can talk all day long about cleaning our house, but I got to be deliberate about it, which means we got to look at practical ways to do what I'm talking about. I've never really been one to have, you know, at eight seven every morning I shall read 3.5 chapters of the New Living Translation of the Bible and therefore have a hot chocolate and then pray for 2.7 minutes and then my day is perfect. That's not my thing. Believe it or not, there's times that I don't even you know have a time of prayer. But I might be driving along the road 
and see a barn that looks really cool and the sun hits it just right and I'll be like, God, that is so cool. Thank you for showing me that. Maybe no one on planet Earth will have seen that like that except me right now. Thank you for that. I mean, silly stuff like that, but I'm keeping my relationship open with God. And I tend to not be the one that wants to do the real, you know, timed devotion or, you know, that kind of thing. I kind of like to be a little bit more free-flowing. Whatever works for you, all right? That's just my thing. You've got your thing. But you need to make it a thing, and you need to make it deliberate. You need to do it. So in my case, I need to make time. I need to use the time I have and choose to make progress on this book. It's going to take, man, if I had to if I had to estimate the number of hours I think it will take, probably 5 hours a chapter is my guess. And I have a lot of chapters, probably about 45. Yes, I'll probably need to edit it way, 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 way down. But at this point, five hours times 45. I mean, that's a considerable piece of time. Is it important? I think it's important to me. What's important to you? And what time is it going to take? You know, the Bible says we need to count the cost. I'm raising teens. I need to count the cost. You know, last night... I think it was last night. Sometime this week, I had an opportunity and I took it to hang out with my son. And another night I had an opportunity and I took it to hang out with my daughter. I could have been writing a book. I could have been vegging in front of the TV. I could have been puttering in my dirty garage, whatever. But I chose to do that. Why? Well, I think it's probably clear. You know, teenagers, you know, you've got very little time left with your teens. And even when you got them, you don't got them. They're off doing other things. So I relish those times that I can just hang out, you know, find out what's going on in their life and maybe slip in a piece of wisdom or two. You got to be deliberate. So whatever it is that you're looking to do in your life in your spiritual life and in your natural life a couple things are you got to have your spiritual life in order and if you don't know the Lord God in a way that this kind of conversation makes sense if you don't know him like that I want to recommend that you listen to the podcast I did recently called The Packet I think it might open your eyes up to a few things and it'll help it'll help that's what I really want. Is I want us all to have the opportunity to get spring cleaned up. Be able to do the things we were made to do. So, I guess we're going to end today. Lord, thank you for everything you've done. And just help remind us that you are there for our good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, i got to go. i got a meeting to get to right now. So, stay in that word. Live in peace. Pray for those who persecute you. And let's do some spring cleaning, shall we? You've got it all laid out before you. You know what to do. Let's make it happen. And I will see you on the flip.